It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes and they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes so you can join right now for week 13. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy do the value and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff? It doesn't happen on draft. You get a selection of every premium player. You just got to be the smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft, so you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio List a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. You're listening to BGN Radio. It is a deep spiral. Under it is Sproles. Makes the first man miss, of course. Looks for running room up the right side. He cuts back to the center of the field. He's at the 45. He's at the 50. He's at the 45. He's at the 41. And Mighty Mouse has had it again. Eagles loss to the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday Night Football in Week 13 has to be one of the most frustrating Eagles games in recent memory. It's not a situation where I'm super upset today. We knew this was going to be a tough game for the Eagles. But it's just frustrating. A really, really frustrating loss. I am Brandon Lee Gowton here with today's Monday edition 
of BGN Radio Daily. Streaming live on Facebook for those checking in down there in the comments below what is up. That's at facebook.com slash Nation. if you're listening on the replay. If you are listening on the replay and you haven't already subscribed to BGN Radio, please do that. Give us a rating, review on iTunes, five stars. But back to the game. The most frustrating, one of the most frustrating games the Eagles have had. Just a tough one, man. Tough one. It's not a game where you feel super angry after that game in the sense that like the Eagles are a disaster and tear it all down. The sky is falling. The season is over. That's not the tone after that game, or at least it shouldn't be. If any of you guys are thinking that stop right now, because the Eagles are still 10 and two (laughs) The season is far from over. I don't want to hear that the Eagles are bad all of a sudden or that they only played bad teams. And that's why they're, they have the record that they have. I mean, the Eagles have played a lot of good football this year. One loss to the Seahawks doesn't wipe that away. Seattle, I was saying it last week, it's a really tough place to play. The Seahawks are now, now that they beat the Eagles, they are 43-8 and in their last 51 home games. They just don't lose there. It's a tough place to play, and you can't make mistakes. You can't make mistakes that the Eagles made in a tough place like that. Carson Wentz did not play his best game, not even close. That throw to Nelson Aguilar on that that touchdown drive where he made it 10-17 and got the Eagles back, that's the Carson Wentz that we're used to seeing this season. He's the guy who's playing at an MVP level. That guy, that drive is why you should still feel good about Carson Wentz and this team. But there's still issues to be cleaned up. There's still things for Carson Wentz to improve upon. The throw to Nelson Aguilar earlier in the game, I still can't get over that. I don't think I'm going to be over that for a long time. Nelson Aguilar is wide open. You have to hit him. Even if it's not the perfect pass, even if you don't lead him perfectly, the ball has to be completed. There's no excuse. He's not facing pressure on that play. Nelson Aguilar is wide open. He overthrows him. And it's really frustrating because Carson Wentz is having a great year. I'm not trying to be all negative about Carson Wentz. But if there's one thing that I can criticize him for, a consistent issue, it's that he always tends to overthrow passes when he misses. He he tends to sail some of those passes a little high. And there was a good breakdown on Twitter by Matt Waldman. I have it embedded on my post on bleedinggreennation.com from my 11 thoughts about the game where you see a throw like that results from bad footwork. So that's something the Eagles need to work on with Carson Wentz. It's something Carson Wentz needs to work on. Hopefully it is something that he can work on and not a fatal flaw that we keep seeing over and over because we have seen it too many times. We saw earlier in the season with some of those deep passes being inaccurate. You know, there's there's things to be cleaned up there. And Doug Peterson as well, not his best game either. Again, I'm not going to I'm not going to stand here or sit here cuz I'm sitting down and kill Doug for that game. I don't think it was Doug's in terms of play calling, the Eagles were moving the ball. They outgained the Seahawks by a decent amount. It's not like they couldn't move the ball and the offense totally got shut down. It's that there were key mistakes made 
at key times. The Eagles went 0 for 2 in the red zone. Some of those fourth down plays didn't work out. He got Doug got too conservative earlier on, as John Oliver is pointing out in the comments. What was up with the decision not to go for it on fourth and one early in the game? Doug's thing is being aggressive. Why was he not aggressive there? That was like a, a scared move. It was like Doug was coaching scared against the Seahawks. It was like the team was almost playing scared against the Seahawks. That's not how you beat the Seahawks in Seattle. You don't go in there playing scared and win. So that was frustrating. The performances from Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson just weren't good enough. Not a game, though, again, where you look at that and you're like, all right, there's so many issues with this team. No. The Eagles didn't get outclassed by the Seahawks. I know the score was 24-10, to 10, but that game felt closer. And when you look at the, the statistics, I would say it really was close or it was at least close to being closer than what the final score indicated. I mean, Carson Wentz, again, I'm not trying to kill Carson today. I'm not trying to say he's had a terrible season here, but that fumble into the end zone, you can't do that. You can't fumble into the end zone and wipe out a touchdown. That right there kind of just kills the game entirely. If you're looking for one play, it's that play. Because instead of 10-10 to at that point, Seahawks get the ball back. They make it 17-3. to It's a 14-point swing right there. Now, Carson Wentz is in his second year. Doug Peterson is in his second year as a head coach. There are There's still time for these guys to learn and adjust. And it's just one game. That's the thing. That's why I don't want to hear that the season is over or the Eagles were exposed by losing this game. I don't want to hear that. I think the Eagles can bounce back against the Rams this week, and we'll talk about that a little more later on in the show today. I think this team, they had a bad game at a bad time, and it sucks, but it's the reality right now. So that's where we're at. I'm trying to look for my show notes as I'm stalling time here. I I had them up, and now I can't find them. Where are they? I got them. Okay. Uh, The Seahawks. I want to give credit to them, too. That team is just tough to play. That's something to consider when you're thinking about this loss to the Eagles. How do you defend Russell Wilson? I don't know. Like I don't know what you do. The Eagles tried to get pressure on him. They couldn't, or they could, but he would run away from it and then make a big play down the field. Or the Eagles couldn't get pressure on him because he was getting rid of the ball so quickly. On third and seven, he would hit a receiver for a quick gain first down. You can't, you almost can't defend him. I had written in my post on bleedinggreennation.com that I don't know how the Seahawks don't win the Super Bowl every year with that guy. Or win every game. How do you, you can't guard him? At least when it when the Eagles play him, it feels like they can't guard Russell Wilson. He's a really good player. Even the Seahawks defense, which wasn't awesome against the Eagles. I mean, I know they held him to ten points, but again, Eagles easily could have scored another touchdown, and they didn't have to settle for a field goal if that Alshon Jeffrey penalty didn't wipe out a Legarrette Blunt run that would have put him put the Eagles at first and goal. So the Eagles were close. 
and it's not a loss to say the season is over. It's not. There are... It's not like that game was brimming with positives to take away. I thought Nelson Aguilar played well. He deserves a lot of credit. Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, I really liked what the edge rushers were doing. They were productive, but it's just it's a tough one because, again, it's, it's just a frustrating loss. You got to move on. You got to move on. The officiating was bad. It's not the reason the Eagles lost, but it certainly didn't help matters. I'm all over the place today. My thoughts aren't as organized as I want to be. I just, it's, that's the kind of mindset this loss, at least for me, puts you in. Cause you just, the, we all know the Eagles could have won that. They could have won that game. It's not like they, you know, you go into Seattle and they had no chance of winning. It was always going to be tough. Make no mistake about it. But we know this Eagles team is better than what they played. How they played isn't characteristic of what this team is. They played at their worst. They didn't play at their best. And it sucked. So what can you do? Um, this week, though, it's another tough game for the Eagles. The Rams are 9-3. and three. They're out there on the West Coast. They're staying out West. They're not coming back home for this game. So it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. The Rams, really good offense. Their defense isn't bad by any means. You have Wade Phillips there. He's one of the best defensive coordinators, if not the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. So this will be a tough challenge. I like the Eagles' chances against the Rams this week. I really do. I really really think this team, as opposed to Seattle, is a team the Eagles can match up well against. Because Jared Goff isn't the most mobile guy. He's not a statue back there in the pocket. He has some athleticism, but he's a guy that the Eagles, I feel like they can get to him. Sure, sure easier than they could get to Russell Wilson. So I think this could be a bounce back situation for the Eagles this week in Los Angeles. We'll see how the crowd is too. I don't know if it's going to be completely that Eagles takeover like it was when the Eagles played the Chargers earlier this season, but there should be a good amount of Eagles fans out there in L.A. That'll be nice for this team to have out there. I think they bounce back this week. I really do. It's early in the week. We'll see how things go leading up to the game. We still don't know what's going on with Zach Ertz. He left the game with a concussion. I'm sure we'll have an update on that soon. Maybe he just has to go through the concussion protocol. And if that's the case, there's a chance he could play on Sunday. Concussions, you know, you never know how long they're going to last for sure. But we've seen it this season where it only lasts a week or a couple days. And the player can play the next game. So we'll see how that works out. This team better bounce back. You know, I'm optimistic they can, but they better. You look at where they are in the playoff seating right now, the season were to end today, they would be second. Because even though they have the same record as the Vikings, the Vikings have the tiebreaker on the Eagles due to strength of victory, and that's probably not going to change. If the Eagles somehow want to get back to that one seed, they pretty much need the Vikings to drop a game or two here, at least one. I think the Eagles probably need to win out at that point. 
to get a first round bye, the Eagles don't need to have the Vikings lose. The Eagles are number two. They can still win out for themselves and get that first round bye. So there's still hope for them in that sense. And you look at the Eagles schedule the rest of the way. There are four games left. You're at the Rams. You are at the Giants. And speaking of the Giants, I'll get to that in a bit. We have to talk about them real quick. Then you're playing the Raiders on Christmas, and then you're playing the Cowboys in Week 17 in Philadelphia. Who knows what that game will mean at that point. Cowboys are 6-6 six and six right now. They could be pushing for a playoff spot. We'll see. I think the Eagles still in good situation with four games to go. They bounce back this week. They get to 11-2. and two. You beat the Rams. You beat a 9-3 and three team. That's really good. The Rams have obviously have have had a lot of success this year. I think everyone's feeling a lot better next week if the Eagles can get that win in Los Angeles. So we'll see. But I just mentioned the Giants not too long ago, and we have to get into that because the Giants did something pretty major today, and they fired Ben McAdoo. Not a surprise, but they also fired Jerry Reese, their general manager, who had been with the team in some capacity since 1994. So that's a big move for them, and it's going to be interesting to see how they replace their head coach and how they replace their GM. And it has an impact on the Eagles, as I said, because the Eagles play the Giants in week 15 in a couple of weeks here. And it sounds like they're going back to Eli Manning at quarterback instead of Geno Smith or maybe Davis Webb. Maybe they put Davis Webb in at that point. I don't know. Who knows? You never know with this Giants team. They're a dumpster fire right now. But they're cleaning up the mess there. At least they're trying to. So kind of an interesting dynamic there. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that in the offseason, of course, see what the, the Giants choose to do there. But for now, we can all laugh at the fact that they thought Ben McAdoo was the answer, and he wasn't, and they wasted a whole season on him after going to the playoffs last year, which I all I think we all said here that that was kind of a false positive for them. I think they overachieved last year, so I wasn't surprised that they took a step back this year, and that ended up being the case. Now, we, we can make fun of the Giants for hiring Ben McAdoo, the Eagles wanted to hire Ben McAdoo. They had a gift baskets, or at least one gift basket, waiting for him in their facility. They were ready to hire Ben McAdoo. It didn't work out. The Giants beat them to it, and thankfully they did. Because Ben McAdoo in Philadelphia, the way that's gone, man, don't want that. Um, enough about the Giants, though. That's that's already too much time for them, the terrible New York Giants at 2-10. and Want to get more into this week against the Rams. The Eagles are playing the 9-3 and Rams in Los Angeles once again. Interesting matchup. You have Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff. You have Doug Peterson versus Sean McVay, the two Coach of the Year candidates. So there's a lot of storylines for this one. It's the Eagles' second straight game out on the West Coast. It's a opportunity to bounce back from that Seattle loss and and a really good opportunity for them. In a way, you know, this is a game that I think everyone should especially be looking forward to. We were talking about looking forward to the Seahawks game because of the Eagles getting to get tested in a playoff kind of atmosphere and they didn't respond well 
to that first test. At the same time, there was also a fear going into Seattle. I think it's just, a, as I said, it's a really tough place to play. The Eagles lost. They didn't play well. Everything didn't go smooth like it has been going. So now it's time to go into Los Angeles and correct that. This is a big opportunity for the Eagles to go out there and play a lot better than they did. I think that's that would tell us a lot about this team if they go and do that. The fact that they made mistakes, now we're going to go correct them because that's the kind of team they are. Or, I mean, that's that's what the ideal is. Or the alternative is they keep making those mistakes and things start to snowball and everything goes downhill. Obviously not preferable, but a possibility and exactly what you wouldn't hope to see. So if they don't do that, if they don't snowball and they do bounce back, then they, they deserve a lot of credit for what they are. And this loss to the Seahawks will still be frustrating in hindsight. It's not going to get any less painful than it is. But at least at that point, if the Eagles beat the Rams, they're 11-2. and two. I mean, who cares about that Seahawks game in the sense that you're 11-2 and two with three games to play, take care of business, get into the playoffs, and then worry about the teams you have to play at that point. At that point, you're in good shape, and worrying about losing to Seattle doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really benefit you at that point. You might have to play Seattle again in the playoffs. It'd be great if that game was in Philadelphia. I'd love to see how that game goes in Philadelphia. I'd love to, in a way, I'd love to see the Eagles play the Seahawks again because I think they can play better than they did on Sunday night. Then again. Don't want to face Russell Wilson. <laughs> if the Eagles can ever avoid facing Russell Wilson, that's good because that's a guy I don't want to face. But if the Eagles beat him, that'd be that'd feel that'd make the loss on Sunday night feel a little bit better, a lot better actually. If it's in the playoffs, I mean they're winning a playoff game at that point. So this week against the Rams, we'll have a lot of coverage about that. Obviously on BleedingGreenNation.com and here on BGN Radio with all our daily podcasts and the main preview show with Vince Quinn and I. But we're going to get into the matchup a little bit, as we always do, on our Monday edition, the Afternoon QB with BLG, with our three over and unders. That's right. It's from Stephen Lee, as always, doing a great job. And Stephen Lee, by the way, took the time to actually look at how I've been doing on over-unders this year, which was a very awesome move by him. Again, you can check him out on Twitter. That's at Stephen underscore Lee 20, and that's Stephen with a PH. He went through everything, and he saw that I am 14 and 3, 13. Sorry, I'd love to be 14 and 3. I'm 14 and 13 this season, so I'm just about 500. I'm a, a little over 500, so I'll take it. I could do better. I need to do better, just like Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. I need to do better than that, but it's a solid. At least I'm not doing terrible makes me feel good about myself and i need that today you know day after an eagles loss i need the minor victory there so three over and unders for you guys you guys can weigh in in the comments if you're down there below in the facebook live chat with me here number one todd Gurley, rams running back 125 all-purpose yards for todd Gurley. so Receiving yards and rushing yards combined in this case. Do you think Todd Gurley gets over or under 125 yards against this Eagles team? To me, this Eagles team is still really good at stopping the run. 
I know they've given up some some runs. They gave up, you know, too many rushing yards to the Cowboys when they played them. But the Cowboys have a good run-blocking offensive line still. And Alfred Morris has been productive. And the Eagles gave up a couple runs last night, which weren't great. But overall, I still think it's a really good run defense. You still have Timmy Jernigan. You still have Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham is playing great, as I said earlier, especially in run defense. Derek Barnett. He's had a couple of tackles for loss too, so he can defend the run. So that's the the part where I'm not worried about Todd Gurley getting over that number with the, the rushing yards. I think the receiving yards is a real interesting thing, though, because Todd Gurley is a really capable receiving running back. And seven out of the 12 games this season, he's gone over 125 yards from scrimmage. So... It will be a challenge for the Eagles. I'm taking the under for that because, again, I think they limit him on the ground. If he goes over that 125, it's going to be because he has a big receiving game. And, I mean, that's possible, but I'm not going to count on that. So I'm taking the under for that. Next up, our second of the three over and unders, we have 58 combined points for this game. So are you taking over 58 combined points between these two teams or under 58 now, the average scoring for these two teams is 30.1. They're both averaging 30.1 points per game right now. That's a lot. That's 60.2 points per game between these two teams. So it's going to be a high-scoring game, I would imagine. Now, you always say that, and it turns out to be a lower-scoring game than you thought. But I'm going to take the under in this as well. Again, I think the Eagles' defense bounces back this week because I think that pass rush can get the Jared Goff in the way that it couldn't really get to Russell Wilson. The way Russell Wilson operates takes away the Eagles' biggest strength in their pass rush, and that makes the secondary more vulnerable, which we saw against Seattle. I don't think Jared Goff's going to be able to do that as much. Therefore, I don't think the Rams will score as much, although I know they have a good offense. I know Sean McVay has been doing a good job. I kind of worry about Sean McVay in the sense that the Eagles were struggling to beat Washington when he was there with them. So that's kind of a concern or something I would think about. But I think this Eagles offense bounces back against the Rams. I don't think they have another game where they only score 10 points after literally every game this season. Before the Seattle game, they were scoring at least 20. And they were scoring some big numbers this season. So I think... I'm taking the under on 58 points because I think the Eagles' offense plays better, but I think the defense also limits the Rams. And I think it could be something like a 28-24 to game, something around there. I think it's kind of just on the under, but I'm going to take the under because I don't think the Eagles' defense gives up a big game to the Rams' offense. I think they, they really bounce back this week. That's like the 50th time I've said bounce back in this episode, which will probably end up being the title. Thank you, Johnny. Um, I think I think the Eagles bounce back, so I'm taking the under on the 58. Now, third and final over-under here from our good friend Stephen Lee, Jared Goff. You know, we have this whole storyline this week with Carson Wentz being the second overall pick and Jared Goff being the number one overall pick in the 2016 NFL Draft. Which quarterback will be better? Hopefully... For the Eagles' sake, it is Carson Wentz. For Jared Goff, the over-under here is 250 passing yards. 
Now, before I get to my prediction, I will say that eight out of the 12 games the Eagles have allowed under 250 passing yards this year. And I also point out that seven out of the 12 games, Jared Goff has gone over 250. So this was, of course, a great over and under set here by Stephen Lee. That's the point. He's a great at doing it. Um, I think I'm going to take the under because if I'm saying that the Rams offense isn't going to do as well and I think Todd Gurley isn't going to have a huge monster game against this team, I think Todd Gurley could have a, a decent or a good game against this team, but I think the, the defense limits him from having a monster day. So I think that kind of hurts Jared Goff as well. And I'm going to take the under on the 250 passing yards for him. I think, once again... A big reason why the Eagles' secondary kind of struggled against the Seahawks is that Russell Wilson can run around and he can buy time and the Eagles' cornerbacks aren't amazing. They're not the best corners in the league, so they're going to give up some plays, especially when you have to, you're you asking them to cover for so long and the pressure can't get to the quarterback because the quarterback can run away from the pressure. So I don't think that's going to be the case with Jared Goff. Once again, I think he's a, a quarterback who's going to be more susceptible to the pressure that the Eagles can generate. So once again, I think it's a bounce back week for this Eagles team. I think they put this Seattle loss, which is frustrating and disappointing in the rearview mirror. I think they can do it. I think this team, what they've shown through this season so far, once again, you can't just you can't take everything they've done and just be like, oh, yeah, well, the Eagles actually aren't any good at all because they lost to the Seahawks in one game. Like that's to me, that's not how it works. Now, if the Eagles lose to the Rams and these issues continue, then yes, we can absolutely have conversations about how the Eagles started off strong and then you know Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz not doing as good of a job down the stretch. That's something that we will absolutely be talking about if that happens. So there's no rush to get to that, though. For now, I think this Eagles team has showed they deserve some some benefit of the doubt. They deserve some patience after getting off to the start they did. Again, they're in great shape there. It's not like they're getting... They, it's not like they got beat by the Seahawks in a fashion where... You were just like, oh man, the Eagles can't even hang with this team. The Seahawks are just clearly better, and the Eagles totally just got dominated. It wasn't like that. The Eagles totally beat themselves, and that's not disrespect to the Seahawks. I'm not saying that like the Seahawks didn't beat them, the Eagles just beat themselves. No, the Seahawks also beat the Eagles, but the Eagles totally shot themselves in the foot too often. Carson Wentz turnover, Carson Wentz being inaccurate, Doug Peterson making some questionable decisions or just bad decisions with the challenges or the, you know, the, the fourth down calls or the non calls to go for it on fourth down. There's a lot of things that can be improved with this team and that's where they are right now. I think, you know, it was, it's again, you just, you want to find that silver lining. You want to find that answer, but you just, it's not there for this Eagles game. For this game in particular, I mean, they lost. It was a tough one. They need to play better. Not much more. Not much more that you can say than that. It's not like, oh, you know, this one thing, and then if, like, if if they only had a stud receiver, that would fix everything. No, I mean, they 
they have the pieces in place right now. I think we've seen that through the first 12 games or whatever it is, 12 games now. It's just that they didn't execute. And when you don't execute, like what can you do? I mean, take that fourth down play to Kenyon Barner, for example. Well, first of all, you can kind of question why Kenyon Barner is on the field in that situation, although it's not like the Eagles have a ton of great pass-catching backs. But it's not that that was a bad play. I mean, Kenyon Barner just tripped. Same thing with the Lane Johnson block on that Corey Clement play before the end of the first half there where they pitch it out to Corey Clement. If Lane Johnson makes his block, that's probably a first down. He just slipped because the field was slippery. Like, what, what can you do at that point? You can't. You know, you're not, you can't just be like, well, Lane Johnson sucks. No, he doesn't. It's just that it was a mistake. It was unlucky. I think that's kind of something maybe that I didn't hit hard enough here today. I think the Eagles kind of just got a little unlucky. You know, Carson Wentz fumbles at the goal line. The ball bounces out of bounds. Last week, the ball, Jay Ajayi fumbled before the goal line, and the Eagles got lucky. The ball bounced right in a way where Nelson Aguilar could recover it. So those things kind of even out in the long run. Um, I guess that's it for today. It's a shorter episode today. I think I got everything out that I needed to say. Not as a fun of an afternoon QB episode. You know, not as a little more somber, you know, with the Eagles losing. But no read, no need to totally hang, for the Eagles at least, to hang their heads again for the millionth time I think this is a game against the Rams where they match up better I think this is a team that could use you know we talked about could use a little bit of adversity well now the adversity's here so now it's up to them to respond and we'll see how they do it um LL checking in LL Pavorsky Mr. Lee Pavorsky himself saying that I have a tough job today it's it's true I mean it's a great job and I'm glad to be here with all of you listening I thank you for listening um if you like what we do as always you can check us out on patreon.com slash bgn radio for our bonus content you can check out facebook.com slash bleeding green nation for the live version of this broadcast if you're listening on the replay if you're listening to me on Facebook Live right now and you're not listening on the replay, again, you can always go subscribe to BGN Radio. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those apps. Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That would be great. We appreciate your feedback. And, of course, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't You don't want to miss. We were right before Christmas. The, pod, the dual live podcast event. That's at Underground Arts on December 22nd. Tickets are $18. You can go to undergroundarts.org for information on that event. We're going to celebrate, hopefully, the Eagles winning more games at that point. The fact that the Eagles are eventually going to clinch the playoffs here. I mean, they only need one more win or one more Cowboys loss to clinch the NFC East. So it's going to happen. Ideally, it's going to be before then. We can celebrate that. We can celebrate the Sixers being good as well. It'll be a lot of fun, so make sure you get tickets to that. Come out. It'll be one big, great holiday party. Can't wait to see all of you there, including the man himself, L.L. Pawarski. So thanks, everyone, once again for tuning in today. This has been Afternoon QB with BLG right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. 
I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and the Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus pocus, Gucci locus, cake with baking soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from playing when they hear Belial. Nightmares, walking dead, cause they sleep dead. You either sheep or shed, be scared and cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, the type you never seen again. No meats, no leather, I'm just pimping a pin. We live that life that you're wishing against. More money, more power, more women and shit. It's me and now, motherfucker, who you think this is? Gia, Dallas streets cruising around about